It is a huge pleasure and privilege to introduce to you this morning, Glenn. I'm going to ask Glenn to come right now. Come on, let's give Glenn a huge welcome and Glenn is going to take the service. I'm telling you, you are going to be so blessed this morning by the testimonies that you hear of the work that the Gideons do worldwide, but also through this wonderful team. What a blessing they are. So, Glenn, thank you. And uh, come on, let's show our appreciation again to them. God bless you. We're going to have a great morning. Thank you, Dave. And thank all of you for the prayers and financial support over the last year. And thank you for storing our Bibles and the help Alex and his team has given us. But most of all, thank God for all his goodness and help this year. Well, Gideons, I've been told there's a lot of new members here, so we're going to show you a quick DVD after just to show you where Gideons work. But let me first introduce you to the team. Gideons are in over 200 countries. But we belong to the Newport branch of Gideons in the UK. And the team we have here is Alan, <laughs> Janet, <laughs> Dushi, and my wife, Judith. The aim of the Gideons is by placing God's word so that they could read it and the Holy Spirit to do his mighty work is to win men and women, boys and girls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We think so much of his word, I can ask Janet now to come up and read from God's word. I'm reading um, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 12 to 18. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized with one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Amen. We will now just show this short DVD of Changing Lives. 
Thank you, Marcia. Every hour of the day, every day of the year, around the world, Gideon's place God's word. Two copies every heartbeat, in over 180 countries and in more than 80 languages. In schools, hotels, prisons, uniformed services, homes for the elderly, universities and colleges, and hospitals. Proclaiming God's message of love, hope and salvation to win the lost for Christ. My husband had always been as fit as a fiddle. And then one morning he woke up with severe chest pain and I called the doctor who sent him into hospital because he thought he'd had a severe coronary thrombosis. I'd only been a Christian about a year and I was sitting in the day room and I was utterly distraught and frightened and I saw a Bible in the corner and I picked it up and I opened at Psalm 46 and frankly the first nine verses didn't mean much to me. And then I read verse 10, be still and know that I am God. The fact that there was a Bible in the day room, for me, I don't think, frankly, I'd have coped without it. Now, I freely admit at that time, I wasn't well versed in the Bible, but I do genuinely believe that God pointed me to Psalm 46, verse 10. As a chaplain in a hospital and on a hospice, there are moments of opportunity to help that person begin to engage with that spiritual side of things, the deeper inner life. So the Gideon's Bible close by enables us to find that passage and read it with them and explore it. Most places I've been to, they've been pretty accessible and used. Very often, you know, you can walk into a bay and a patient's actually sneaking a look at a, a little, little Gideon's Bible. It's been a joy really to see medical staff receiving Gideon's New Testaments. There are those who've treasured them and have taken them with them through their career. When the Gideons came into my school, uh, I remember them walking in. I remember them having a big bag full of little red books. They were very smartly dressed. And I also remember the big beaming smiles. If we had different issues in our life, there was um, advice at the front of this book. God bless you. Thank you. It wasn't until I actually opened up the book and started to read and think was the authors of this book writing with me in mind that um, I discovered that it was an extremely special most important thing I think the thing that that made me ask Jesus into my life it's not hard to do you just ask him into your life um, that's what the Bible says. I've still got the, the original copy that I was given. And even now, that is the copy of the Bible that I'll go to when I'm feeling depressed or lonely.
Each year in the UK alone, God enables Gideons to present over 50,000 testaments to college and university students and 600,000 testaments to school pupils. My name is Andy Freeman and I teach here at Bramcote Hills Sports and Community College. The testaments are given out in an assembly. It is a real sense of occasion, even though it's only a, perhaps a 10 minute assembly slot. Um, you say to students three or four years later, do you remember the time when the Gideons came in? They'll immediately say, yes, we remember that as, as standing out as an important occasion. The help section is often, I think, the first thing that students um, refer to. Thousands of UK hotels have Bibles placed by Gideons. All my working life, I've been in the steel industry. Then in 1978, I started up my own business. My motivations, basically, in, in business was to make money. Uh, I was really into having um, how, good houses and cars and all that sort of paraphernalia. I went uh, on a business trip up to Renfrew in Scotland. I was feeling suicidal. Not long previously, my wife had left me and uh, I was really at rock bottom. I was sitting on the end of the bed of my hotel bedroom and uh, I was going round and round in my mind uh, concerning my wife. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw this book on the bedside table. I realised then that it was the Holy Bible uh, placed by the Gideons. I seemed to just flick through the pages. I wasn't interested at all, but then I came across at the front um, Bible helps. It was like an index which guided me to such things as feeling afraid or lonely or distressed. It really had a powerful impact on me. Um, it convicted me of the sinful life that I'd had, um, not least the lack of love that I'd shown my wife, my materialistic life. The next morning when I woke up, things seemed to have changed. Uh, I couldn't put my finger on it, but looking back, I realised that all thoughts of suicide had been taken from me and uh, the Lord had given me hope. Our Lord calls everyone to himself. Gideons carry that call by distributing God's word in all walks of life. We need your prayer and financial support for our ministry in over 180 countries. We cannot keep pace with the current demands for scriptures, and there are yet more countries still to open up. Most of the 60 million scriptures we place each year are provided by the Christian community in wealthier countries, such as the United Kingdom. Like many Christian men, I wanted to serve God, but I was busy with my business and a little bit wary about taking on something else. And certainly, an invitation to a Gideon dinner was definitely not in my thinking. But my wife and I, we went anyway, and we just felt touched by God and something of the Word. It's a great opportunity to share the message of Jesus in fellowship with other Christian brothers and sisters. And we're supported by people who pray for the work. What more could you want in God's service? You can help us through prayer, as a friend or member, or through individual or church giving. Every penny we receive goes to purchase scriptures.
Thank you. Gideons believe in God's word, the Bible, the triune God. We come from different denominations, but we all believe in God's word. And the Holy Spirit, we only place Bibles, but God, the Holy Spirit, works on them. And we hope we can tell you about some today and do that mighty work of converting the soul. So, what, how many do you think might have been given out in the UK this year? It was 790,000 in the UK alone. And locally, we give about 6,000 a year. But all praise and glory to God. I can't give you worldwide, the worldwide one, only finished a cup. The year only finished about two weeks ago. But I would like to tell you about the review of the year, what we have done. Well, last year when we was here, we left you. We give you some prayer points, and we ask you to pray for new members. Well, one of your people, one of your members, came up to us after and asked it and asked about it. And I hope he will appear in the minute on the screen. <laughs> Glenn has joined us, and there he is with Alan receiving his badge. And everybody in Gideon's have a job. And Glenn's job was given to him straight away. He is the storage manager here at King's. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, what was the other one of the big things for us? Through your generosity of this church and the work you do with the food banks, we were able to place 2,000 of these personal workers in the food bags at Christmas. So thank you very much. There they are with the photographs going out. So thank you. Well, at Christmas, other things happen, doesn't it? It's carol services. And the church we belong to go up into the Kingsway Centre on Saturday and sing carols. But a few of us stand there, of Gideon's, and we stand with this in front of us. Free Bible. And you see people walking along, listening to the singing. Notice that they take about six steps further and then they turn round and take one of these. Amen. Praise God. A uh, hundred and seven was given out at that Christmas carol service there. But one of the other biggest thing in Gideon's this year, very, very big in the UK, we had a very big constitutional change. Gideon's have been in the UK for 70 years, but for a woman to join, the husband had to join. She, if her husband wasn't, wasn't a Gideon, she couldn't join. At our AGM this year in May, it was overwhelmingly voted for that women can join in their own right. But, so if there's any women here today, 
who feel led to this work, please come and speak to us. It, the aim of the Gideons haven't changed one bit. Still winning, boys and girls, men and women, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, over the years we've been thinking, as you would know, it's generally um, harder to distribute Bibles, closed doors, which you will hear about later on. But one of the new initiatives of Gideon's was what they call to do badge testaments with the album on the front and normally and you with a prayer at the back. And this started with the army. And most regiments in the army now have their own little Bible with a regimental prayer in the back. But this exploded. It now nearly every police force have got one. Ambulances, um, girl guides, because sometimes they do it, boy scouts, all of them. The army, the navy, the RAF, the merchant navy, and it's for some reason, people who re receive these tend to want them more. We just want, don't want them to just have them and keep them and store them. We want them to read them. And when they're reading them, for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and bring them to a knowledge of Jesus. We were approached at the beginning of the football season last year, because a lot of it does, we give these to sports organization. And who would have thought of Pontypool Rugby doing that? There's theirs. And you can just see two of the members of the thing, the chairman and the secretary, receiving theirs as well there. there. Following that, we were then phoned up by the chaplain of Newport County and asked, could he have them? So we arranged to go to their carol service just before Easter, the Reverend Keith B. Mode at St. John's in Mandy, and present them. The team was, the academy was there, but we couldn't produce all of them, so we got to leave it with the chaplain. But we presented them to the chairman and the president. They have a presentation Bible. So God, you're using these. And you never believe it. When they had these, the county went on that cup-winning streak. So, you know, God got his purposes, haven't he, all the way through. Well, I'm going to ask now Judith to come up and tell you something about the ladies' work. Well, good morning to you all, or afternoon now, afternoon now. Um, I would echo Glyn's thanks again. It's so good to be with you again. The year's gone very, very quickly, 
I think time flies when you're having fun, so they say. And I think as we get older, it goes even quicker. Um, it's so good to be with you anyway. And, and thank you again, as Glyn said, for your prayerful and financial support to us. We are so indebted to you. And we, we are so you know, grateful to have so many good friends that support us in this work. Um, the hospitals, I'm just going to tell you about the visits we've had to the hospitals this year. We've been to St. Willis Hospital. Um, earlier on in the year, and there were 150 testaments given out and 90 medical testaments. You'll all be familiar with this testament, testament in the hospital lockers, I'm sure. Um, then we went to the Gwent in May this year too, and we gave out 180 of these. We go around all the lockers and see if they needed to be topped up, or if the ones have gone a bit tatty, we put new ones in and we gave out a hundred of those to the staff because when the nurses first joined the hospitals to do their nursing, this was compulsory and they had to take a Gideon Bible. They were given to them from Cardiff branch, but now they don't have to, it's optional. So we go onto the wards now and many, many nurses haven't had one and they're absolutely thrilled to have them. And we, get, we give out an awful lot. We have an opportunity to give out to the cleaners, the kitchen staff, relatives of patients who might be sitting in the corridors if they're anxiously waiting for results for their relatives. We offer them all around to these people and we, we do have the opportunity to give out an awful lot of these when we go to the hospital, these small ones. And when we go around, we go on a Saturday morning so it's much easier because it's quiet and our husbands come with us and we do so many blocks in the hospital and then we have chance to chat with the patients and speak with them about the Lord and many people ask us what we're doing and we tell them why we're doing it and I had the opportunity this year when we were there of, of praying with a few patients which was really good um, there was two ladies in particular who asked me to pray for them and I gave them a Bible of their own to take home and there was another gentleman who was quite distressed and quite ill. And he told me that he'd come in the day before with a heart problem. And he was really very anxious. And so I asked him, would he like one of these Bibles? And he said he would. And I asked him, would he, could I pray with him? And he said, yes, that would be good. And I gave him the Bible and he said, I can't read it right now, but I'll just hold it very close to my heart because I need the Lord right now. So that was a real encouragement because... You know, we, we don't know what happens to these Bibles, but we do get lots of stories and feedback about people. And there was another couple who we had a, um, a call from. They went to visit their daughter at the hospital. And while there, they went to the chapel and they saw a Gideon Bible and they started to read it. And they phoned the headquarters in Letterworth to ask, could they have one of their own? So they emailed us because it was our branch and so Glyn delivered one to her and her husband, and they are now attending a church of their own. So that's very good because, you know, the Lord can work through all these his words and transform lives. Um, so, you know, so we, we do like to have feedback and know what's going on because people are pleased to have them and we like to see what God is doing through them. And Glyn and I go to an Action on Loss meeting for the, the Hard of Hearing once a month. And they asked for somebody who would like to speak about things. So we said we would like to speak about the Gideons. They're not Christians. There's one Christian there, that's all. And we spoke about the Gideons on this one monthly meeting. 
and they were so intrigued by how the Gideon Bibles got into these places, they had no idea. They thought that the hospitals supplied them to the hospitals and the schools to the schools, and so we told them, no, the Gideons put them there. And the following month, when we went back to the meeting, the one couple said, well, we would like to thank you because we had no idea what the Gideons do, really. And she said, we've told so many of our friends, do you know how the Gideon Bibles get to these places? And they said, well, yes, the people supply them. They said, no, the Gideons supply them. And they were really, really very encouraged by what we said to them. So we do give God praise and glory, and they all had a testament of us. So that was lovely, all the people that are in the class. Um, I'd like to read two testaments, if you'd bear with me, from hospitals. Um, the one is from a lady called Sally, and she says, the first I heard about the Gideons was when I was a child, when they visited our school to tell us about their work. This was over 40 years ago. I am now a regular churchgoer, although I cannot say that I have lived as a committed Christian. I am now 54 years old and last week found myself in hospital in Hove in East Sussex for a hip replacement operation. I am not brave and I was very anxious indeed. As I waited to be called for surgery, I looked in the bedside cabinet and finding a Gideon Bible, started to read the notes at the front about how to use the Bible. I was immediately very comforted and spent time following the guidance to read certain passages. Time passed and before I knew it, I was called to theatre and it was all over. I remain very thankful indeed for the help I received that day through that Bible. And I pray that you will be able to continue this valuable work so that others can benefit as I have. And I hope you will have many, many results from people reading the Bible and being transformed to follow Jesus in their life. And that's St. That's Sally. And there's another one, um, and this gentleman's name was AJ. AJ Gohill was brought up as a Hindu and worked for the family business in a newsagent in North London. At the age of 21, he contracted psoriasis, a chronic skin disease. His weight dropped rapidly and the disease was all over his body from head to toe. He lost all his friends, his wife and his son left him, he wanted to die. As AJ lay dying in the hospital, he cried out to God. He looked in his locker and found a Gideon Bible there. He opened it at Psalm 38. Each and every verse seemed relevant to him. He prayed for God to heal, heal him. He fell into a deep sleep. By the next morning, he was totally healed. His skin, his skin was new like a baby's. His skin was new like a baby's and his life was turned around completely for Jesus. And now he says he lives every day for him. He was later reunited with his son. And he says, life is not all plain sailing. We will all face troubles. Whatever you are facing today or any other day, God is able to rescue you and us and help you through them. And I am so grateful for the Bible that I found in the locker. We know that it is a God is a God who can heal, don't we? And we just have to trust him and praise him and, and ask that he will do it if it is according to his will. Um, lastly, 
we, I know some, whoops, I know some of you have these here, the Gideon News, the magazines, they come out twice a year, and the stories in these are incredible, how the, the Bibles lay dormant for many, many years, and people pick them up off the shelf, and they find them, and they read them, and they, their lives are transformed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, at the back on the stand, we have plenty of literature, Please go at the back, because Glyn and Janet will be on the stall and pick up any liter liter literature you might like. And we've got up there, Friends Make a Difference. And if you would like to become a friend and receive one of these to read, um, you know, if you give us your name and address, and friends, the people who uh, pray regularly for us like you do here, and send us regular donations. And without this work, we couldn't do this. You know, we couldn't do this ministry for the Lord. So I would value your prayers to has, ask for open doors that we might be able to stay to go into all these places, and health and strength to be able to continue the work, and that younger people might join us. We've heard about Glyn. He's lowered the age gap. And we could do with younger ones as well to lower it even more. So thank you very much for having us, and may the Lord bless you all. Thank you. I've got one more thing I forgot to add. We have a Friends Rally every year, once a year in May. It's in May next year, but I don't know the date for certain. It's at Bethesda Baptist Church in Rogerstone. We do a tea and we have a speaker at the end for a service for an hour. It's our way of thanking everybody who's so kind to us and so prayerful and great to us. So we'd love to see you. We will have notification before. And if any of you come, we'd be more than welcome to see us. And it's a really lovely day, blessed by the Lord. So thank you very much. Well, here I am the only person in the place with a tie on. Now, why do you think that is? Well, I go into a school, as other members do, and if you go into a school, the boys and girls are all neatly dressed, and the boys got ties on and whatever, in some of the schools the girls have as well, but I'm expected to follow the school culture, so I have to have a tie on, and look neat, as it said on that video. So we do. Because what we are there for is not to show off that I got a Gideon tie on, but to actually present the gospel in the way of uh, literature to the boys and girls. Now, to get the boys and girls interested in uh, what we do and what we do on a regular basis, all the schools in the uh, Chepstow, Monmouth, Newport area, we got to get their interest initially. And we're only given 10 minutes. And on one occasion, and I'm, the older people might know this, who was the first coloured person to play for England? Cyril Regis. Cyril Regis. He's got a Gideon Bible. We met him a few years ago. And we got a photograph, not a very good photograph, of my wife Brenda giving him a Gideon Bible. And he said he read it every day. Praise the Lord for that and he was able to share it with other people. And we told the boys and girls that as well. We've met Cyril Regis, and he was an English uh, soccer international. And that was just something to get their interest initially, that they were sportsmen, sports people. But what we are really thankful for is when 
we give these Bibles to folks, is not just give it to them, but actually hope that they will read it. We don't actually force it on the pupils at all. We put them on a table and we give our little uh, introduction and it's up to them to take it. And about 75% of the pupils take it. Some of them are a bit blase when they take it and said, oh, I don't want that rubbish. It's amazing how God influences their life later on. We've got one example of one person through the uh, Bible. It wasn't the Newport era, I might say this was. We read about it. Through the Bible in the river, and it floated down the river. And somebody picked it up and was converted by reading it. <laughs> Perhaps he was meant to. <laughs> At another school, the boy in the school said, ah, oh, this is rubbish, and he threw it up in the air, and it went up on the roof and slid down on the other side. And on the other side was the caretaker up on a ladder. And it rolled down the uh, roof into the trough at the bottom. And he thought, where'd that come from? <laughs> well, the interesting thing, it came from God because when he got down the ladder, he, he read it and he was converted later on. So, God works in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. Uh, it was interesting when, uh, you know, when you listened to the things that you've just seen on the, the DVD there, and they quoted, of course, some bits and pieces from the scripture, as we would expect them to do. That is our ministry. And they quoted from Psalm 46. Remember Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. And that's important. But the very first verse that that lady would have read in Psalm 46 was... God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Times of trouble. So we try to offer these scriptures to the boys and girls and teachers. In fact, sometimes when I go to a school, I say, and all your teachers had these as children, didn't you? And they say, yes, yes. And then I said, look at them carefully. I said, but do you read it? And they all look down at the floor. <laughs> but it's a challenge. We can't convert. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. The beauty of the scriptures that we're giving out is that it gives an introduction page, few introduction pages that we tell folks to read first. Because sometimes when you're given the Bible, or some people are not used to the Bible, and there's an increasing number in our country and on the world and haven't got Bibles, they might open it at random. But no, the introduction in the front tells them how to use it properly. For example, if you said, well, what's all this Gideon's about? If he says up anything about prayer, how do you pray? I don't know any prayers. There's some examples in here, and it tells you which pages to look at. And the information in the front is worth passing on. And you can have a look when you get the back and see. It's a big ministry going to schools. The majority of schools in Newport, I say the majority, there's five schools that haven't uh, allowed us in, and that is a matter of prayer for you to pray about. I'm not going to mention the schools, but five schools in Newport alone, our area, have refused us to go in and give their pupils at uh, the first year of secondary school uh, a Bible. Pray for them. It's very important. My, my wife would like to have been with you today because last time she was here she took the Sunday school and she's looking after my granddaughter now whose mother is not too well and uh, 
So she's up there looking up. She said, I would love to have been with you. So I said, well, what are you going to do? She said, well, we got a nice little story uh, that Emily had given her to read. And uh, it was about, I don't know if you know this one. From my head to my toes, from my knees to my nose, God knows all about me. <laughs> and the only thing she can say, she's only two, is me. So we sing it again. From my head to my toes, from my knees to my nose, God knows all about me. And so that's what she's probably doing along with other Bible stories today. Anyway, we go also into the college. The colleges, when we're invited, we cross keys are the most inviting, and they're wonderful. We gave a Bible to the, one of the administrators there about five, six years ago, and he thanked us most profusely, and he's now a member in a local church, having been converted and baptized. We went in to see the students. God knew who we went to see, and it was that person. And he gives a very good testimony of that occasion. But we are invited in to give Bibles to the students. We explain to them, and all the variety of courses, you can always see the, the ladies doing the hairdressing course, they always are immaculate. You can see the lads doing uh, mechanical engineering, they look greasy. <laughs> but we give them all opportunity to accept scriptures. It's amazing how many folks take those scriptures. And they are very polite, and it's marvelous, because sometimes we hear terrible things about what's going on amongst our youths. That's not the case. We've ever received any abuse. We've always been well received. God goes before us, you see. God goes before us and prepares. We never know. So into the colleges we go and offer scriptures to staff and students. Uh, one other thing I uh, informed I have to say something about is to do with the hotels. That's my little job, is trying to contact the 170-odd hotels and say, do you want Bible top-up in your uh, bedside cabinets? number of the hotels are governed on the reception desk by what I call the eternal no-man. Do you need any Bibles? No. Have you used up all the Bibles? No. Do you want any new ones to replace them? No. So you've got to go in and confront them face to face and say, look, can I see the manager? Yes, we'll have one then. <laughs> but it's a big job to do. So if any of you fancy doing a little job like that, going to various hotels, bed and breakfast place, and said, would you like one of our hotels or one for each room? And that's an easy job to do. You haven't got to stand up and, and talk like I'm doing, and I'm going to shut up in a minute because I'll go over my time. <laughs> but we just go to the people and offer them Bibles. It's very important because you saw a testimony on there how that Bible in that hotel saved that man's life. God knows. We are planting seeds. God will give the increase. Thank you again for bringing us together. It's just so lovely to be here. This is my first visit to your church. It's very overwhelmingly loving, and I can feel the fellowship here in Christ. So I thank you so much for welcoming us again. Um, I count it a great privilege to work with the Gideons. 
with my husband. He's not here. He's looking after my mother, who has come from Sri Lanka. With the Gideons, and I've been with the Gideons for over 17 years. And it is a great privilege because you have great opportunity to witness and to share the gospel with people who are lost in Christ. But the Lord is reaching out. So we are being used as an instrument for his glory and honor. What is my role at the moment? Astonishingly, I was about a couple of um, years ago, but two years ago, I was approached to take the position as a chairperson for the ladies for the whole of Zone, South and the North of North Wales. I was amazed. I said, there are so many other ladies who have the capabilities and the talents and the gifts. Why should I be asked to do this job? So after some, some much thought and prayers, I agreed to take up the position. That was two years ago. I, that's for three years. The term is for three years until this October. I'm continuing to do the role to support the ladies in the zone, which is now it's called the region, because of the change of structure that we are we're having now. Trans, there's a transition period at the moment. So I, my job is to travel to different parts of the country, the Wales, south as well as the north Wales, and attend to the ladies who are, we have about 21 branches, and we need to go to each branch and support the ladies in the work they do, encourage them, and oversee the work, and also to witness, and to tell them that we are in the last days. We are in the last days, and we need to reach out to everyone. Many are called, few are chosen. That's because we refuse. It's not the Lord. The Lord welcomes everybody. So I'm very, very thankful for that privilege of working with all the Gideons and the ladies in the Gideons organization. And I'm so, I'm so pleased. I have come, come to know so many of them in person, that I can pray for them, pray for their work, pray for their personal needs, for their health, uh, for their private concerns. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So what is the change that we are going to have within the organization? Glyn has already mentioned that ladies in their own right now become a member of the Gideon. The, one of the problems that I face at the moment is ladies who are capable, who are gifted by God, could be a member, but don't want to be a member on the basis that, as Glenn put it, husband has to be a member before the wife can join. But now, in their own right, they can join. So please pray, if there's anybody in this room who are called by God for this service, please come and extend the service Extend, we can expand the service in Newport because there's a tremendous need f for people to be, be touched by God and to love and reach out to those people who are in need. But provided that we meet the spiritual objective of the organization. Now, we are all Christians, we say, 
but we had to be born again in Christ. We had to be set apart for Christ. We had to be, we have a separate walk for Christ. We had to be, have a compassion heart for Christ and women who witness for Christ and we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel and women who give. So these are the guidance. So if anyone in this room, well, the Lord touches you and reaches out, please approach Alan or Glynn in this matter, uh, Judith. Now, I also been asked to do residential care. Um, I go and visit residential homes and uh, I see many of them despondent, not lost, weary, fatigue, um, somehow no interest, they don't show the interest for Christ. But we are wrong. The Lord works in the heart of a person and the word is hidden in the heart of a person. So we don't know until what the Lord is doing there. And what we normally do is we, we not only um, top up the word of God, the, the large print, which I haven't got in front of me, it's on the back, it's a large print Bible. Uh, we also give it to them as a gift so that they can read because many of them are lonely. You know yourself, you have family members who are in residential homes and nursing homes. And we leave the Bibles in, the, in their rooms so that a family member could get hold of it and read a comforting word. And which is something is so important for the soul of the person because Lord speaks to the soul and not to the out-out. You know, we, we may think they haven't got the ability to think and process, but the Lord knows the heart. So even for a cognitive change, a person with a cognitive impairment, we shouldn't brush it. We should say that a, that person is God's. And then sometimes it can come to light a word in season. And it encourages the soul at the right time. So it's a great privilege to be there and serve people where they are. Because the Lord said to us, bloom where you are planted. So bloom where you're planted. So you don't need to be afraid of what you need to say or how you need to do it. But the Lord will give you and guide you by his spirit to do the work. So that's what I, I'm so encouraged and the opportunity given to me through the Gideon organization. Now somebody, I think it's a faith was talking about broken life. I would like to, on an international basis, there are, we hear a lot of testimonies from people who have been touched by God, who are broken, coming from a dark background, but when they see the light, they bloom, they change, they prosper. And this is a chap, his name is Arthur, uh, if I can get his testimony out, um, if I can find a page at the right time. So, right. His name is Ron Archer, okay? He was only 10 when he decided to take his life. He took a gun from his mother and wanted to kill himself. I mean, he himself says, for a 10-year-old, to have the thought of killing is traumatic. 
that's, there must be something really wrong for a 10-year-old to do that, because normally 10-year-olds have a lot of ideas. They want to be an astronomer, or they want to follow, follow a footballer, or something, or a, something they aspire to do. But this, gen, this boy wanted to kill himself. So his background story is his grandmother is from Germany. His gra grandfather is from Cuba. So their own sense of humor is, Grandmother is French fries. Grandfather is hamburger. And they met and produced a happy meal. <laughs> the happy meal is seven nuggets, seven children. But what happened is, uh, while they were happily married and doing, in, they were living in America, they found that the grandfather has a habit of drinking. And he went into a bit of spot of difficulty. He heard a comment said about him, and he went and bashed the person who said that comment and almost broke his neck. And then he was put in prison because he was a very angry man. So the grandmother, who is a German, she was very persevering and she started working and looking after her own children. And one day, she was diagnosed with tumor, and she could no longer work. The father, grandfather is in the prison. Grandmother is not working any longer. They lost all the possessions, from the car to the house, to the dignity, to respect, everything they lost. Eventually, they were put on the street. And the, she, had, she had young kids, and one of them was 14-year-old. And sadly, she gave her body to grown-up men, and she was abused. And on, when he was, she was 16, she got pregnant. And then the pimp wanted to kill the child so that she can continue to help him with the work, but it didn't work. Eventually, the child was born, and he was, because of the traumatized, she was traumatized, the child had a lot of deformities, and the child uh, had physical problems and wouldn't, this was dysfunctional. When she went to school, he went to school, he was in a hopeless situation. There was no hope at all for this child. He was put with a dysfunctional family or, or students, and there was nothing, to, nobody could teach him because he couldn't take anything in. Then there was a teacher walked into that school, gave him a Gideon Bible. He was only 10 at the time. He couldn't read, and so the lady had to sit with him and explain about the dysfunctional characters from the Bible. And because she was going on doing that, suddenly something happened. He became, he became, he knew the truth. He became a Christian. And then today is a pastor of a church and is helping broken families, dysfunctional children, and moving on in life. So we never know what the Lord is, will do. As somebody said, God works in mysterious ways for his wonders to perform. 
So we thank God that we have this opportunity to give the Bible out, one waters, one source uh, one the seed, one waters, and God gives the increase. And thank you so much for having us and continue to pray for us and continue to seek God to see whether you can be part of our ministry. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed some of those testimonies. Dave said to me when I met him this last week, he said, we love to hear testimonies. So I emailed all the team and said, tell them testimonies to go. Well, I'm going to tell you one about a chap in Colombia, Carlos. And look if he's come off. That's Carlos. I don't know if you like me, when you think of the country of Colombia, what triggers in your mind? First thing in my mind comes drugs. Well, when he was 18, he had a proposal from the drug barons to work. He had three options. Transporting drugs to foreigners, or number two, transporting drugs within Colombia, or three, or cultivate and produce cocaine in the Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta Mountain. He thought it would be more profitable to grow than transport, and he went to the La, La Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta, the jungle. He was about just to turn 19 years of age. A year and a half later, he was he became a lab assistant where the cocaine was produced. So after two years, he was already pr processing cocaine. He planted cocaine and had his own crops. And he had 40 young men working with him and traveling with him. And let's say they took care of him. He had his own organization. In January 1989, he had to go and process cocaine for a customer. After arriving, his bags were unpacked and he was an avid reader. But his lads, his boys who worked for him, had forgotten to pack his boots, his books. So he said to the lady owner of this plantation, he said, I can't stop you. I got nothing to read. So I suppose she panicked. She went, she said, the only book we got here is a Gideon Bible given to my son when he was in the army. Carlos started to read that night. And after 20 days, he had read the four Gospels. When he read Proverbs, the Lord started to touch him. When he read about all the things that the father says to his son, he thought, if I had a father like this, who speaks to his son in that way, I would not be stuck in this problem. 
Carlos knew he was in trouble, and he knew he, how, you know, he knew he couldn't get out of the drug trade. He had money, but that was not the life he wanted. He was confused. He was going in the wrong direction, what he want, where he wanted to go. And he knew he could be killed at any moment. One night, he thought he should share from what he was reading in that little book with his men. So he told them, the book that lady gave me is good. And he started reading the New Testament to his 40 men. A few nights after, they decided to rotate that new te that test, the Bible. Every night, one of his men would read it. And when they had to go to other farms to process cocaine, they continued reading the Bible. During the day, they worked processing cocaine. And at night, they read the Gideon Bible. One day, they went to a near, went to a city near Barranquilla in the, to the carnival. Carlos decided not to go. He decided he would go and check on a new land and select where to put a new plantation. So he left early in the morning, arrived there about 10 o'clock, and decided that's the area. So he thought he'd cut a tree down with his machete to mark the spot. He had an accident. He cut his knee. He knew he was a long way away from where they were staying. He tried to compress his leg, but he couldn't stop the blood. It kept coming. His boot was filling up with blood. He says, I gotta get back. Eventually, he got back to where they were staying at three in the afternoon. He didn't go to his own room. He went and laid on one of the beds of his workers, just waiting for them to come back. Five o'clock, sliding there, he thought, radio you, I'll turn it on. He turned on the radio, but there was a message coming through on the radio at that time. It began to talk about the prodigal son. And at the end of the message, he made a decision to receive Christ. In that moment, he felt relief. He began to feel much joy. He got up took off his, book, his boot, he was so happy, something had happened to him. He went to the room, and after cleaning the, his room, he looked for the, the Gideon Bible, and he read it all night. The bleeding had stopped. Next morning, Carlos told the Lord, last night, something incredible happened and I feel ashamed of what I am doing. I won't continue to grow cocaine plants. As soon as I'm able to walk, I will fix things regarding the cocaine plantation. 
three days after the injury, he could walk. He gave his way his 100 acres of cocaine to, he relieved the 200 workers he had working with him and shared with his 40 closest men what happened to him. All of them decided to follow Christ. Carlos burnt the lab and left the Sierra Nevada because they had, were being pursued. And while he was leaving, four of his men were killed. They went to Santa Marta and attended the church for the very first time. The Lord has called him to serve us as a pastor. He opened a church in Bogota, Colombia, and the Lord guided him to open a foundation where he supports more than 250 children. Out of those men that was left, his men, 44 was killed, 14 of his men has also been called as pastor. One Bible, Gideon's placed the word, placed the seed, but we can't give the increase. God the Holy Spirit does. So, that is the story of Carlos. I've got to thank Dave for helping to share a lot of testimonies. We're just going to end now with some prayer points before that, but just show a DVD which you will be amazed at as well. Thank you, Marcia. Good evening and welcome to my home state of Georgia. I am so happy that you are here and I am so honored that I was asked to be here with you and to speak and share my testimony. I was raised by an incredible family here in Georgia, a wonderful mother and a wonderful father. I can't remember an evening or a special holiday when we did not have complete strangers sitting at the table with us. During holiday seasons, we would have people who had been thrown out of their homes either because of drug addiction or alcoholism. Or later, when, uh, in the 80s, when the AIDS epidemic hit, my mother took in people with AIDS and took care of them. When I was in high school, we had a runaway living with us. My mother took in almost anybody, and she actually loved them. She treated them as family. Now, this might be very common for Christians, and many Christians around the world might do something similar, but see, my family were all atheists, every one of us. My brother, my sister, my parents, my aunts and uncles, and my grandparents. We didn't own a Bible, we didn't listen to Christian programming, and we didn't go to churches. In growing up, I had a wonderful mother, very talented, she was an artist. And as part of her um, talents, it, it enabled us to travel to all kinds of galleries and museums and travel throughout the United States. And so, of course, we stayed in a lot of hotels. One evening, after we had wrapped up visiting a hotel, uh, visiting a, a museum, we stayed in a hotel, and that evening my mom wanted to go out to dinner, and I said, you know, Mom, I'm a little tired. I was 14, and it was 1974. And I said, would you mind going out and getting something? I'm just going to stay around here. I stayed in that, that evening, and I looked around the hotel room for something to read. And lo and behold, at the foot of the bed, on a bench seat, was a little red Gideon's Bible. Now, I had never read a Bible before. I'm not sure at that age that I had ever even seen one, and I had never heard the gospel story. 
So I picked up that book and I began to read just like any other 14-year-old would. I opened up to page one, paragraph one, sentence one, and that's where I began to read. It took about 15 or 20 minutes for my mother to come back with dinner, and in that time I had read several chapters of the Bible, and I decided right then and there in that hotel room that that was the most incredible work of fiction I had ever read. And so the next morning, as we were packing to leave the hotel, I took that little Red Gideon's Bible and I hid it in my suitcase. Now let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, even a 14-year-old atheist knows that it's not right to steal. But I did it anyway. And years later, my sweet husband would say to me, honey, that's not really stealing. The Gideons want you to have that Bible. But I didn't know that. I took that little Red Gideon's Bible home, and for the next four years while I was in high school, while my friends were out doing what teenagers typically do, I was behind a locked door and often under my covers with a flashlight reading that Bible. And I started, as I said, from page one, sentence one, and continued to read through. And by my senior year in high school, I had finally reached the scripture in the New Testament that says, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door shall be opened. And so that night, I closed my eyes and I said, God, I don't believe in you. No one in my family does. But if you're really there, just show me. Just show me and I'll believe. And I had read so many incredible tales about burning bushes and stars at night that I expected something like that to happen. And when it didn't, I was very disappointed and I thought, well, this is a wonderful book but it's not for me, and God does not exist. That fall in 1978, my mother, who had, was my best friend, helped me pack for college, and I could not find a way to sneak that little red Bible into my suitcase. And so off I went to the University of Georgia right down the road to start my academic career. That fall, as God would have it, across the hall from me was a young lady by the name of Susie Colley. And I knew within a very short period of time that she was a Christian. Now, up until that point, I'm not sure I'd met very many. Certainly no one had ever shared the gospel story with me and I was 18 years old, living in the United States. But I knew that Susie was a Christian because she was just like the people in the book of Acts. She talked about God and prayed to God, but what was more amazing is that God talked to her and she told me about it. And so that fall, she took me to a Christian concert at the University of Georgia, and that night I heard the gospel story, and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and my life. Now, I went to the front. I went to the front and told the minister that I wanted to be baptized in water. And he tried to explain to me that on a Saturday night, most of the churches are locked and there wasn't really pl a place that he could take me that had a baptismal font. But that didn't matter to me. You see, by that time, I had read the New Testament. I knew what the book of Acts said and I had read all the stories in the gospels. And I insisted I was not leaving that student center without being baptized. So bless his little heart. They opened up someone's house and took me over, and I was baptized with water and filled with the Holy Spirit in a bathtub. <laughs> now, as we say in the South, there just ain't nothing like a born-again Christian, or a born-again atheist, too. And so what happened was for the next several years, I began to share with everyone I came in contact with the story that I had never heard. 
I told them about Jesus and I told them about the Bible. And my entire family within the next two years, except for my mother and my brother, became born-again Christians. Radically changed born-again Christians. So now I need to fast forward to five short years ago. I received, sitting in the building, uh, not far from where you sit, a call stating that I needed to come to the hospital. My mother had been diagnosed with inoperable cancer, and we found out that she had only two to three months to live. In a courtyard at her home here in Atlanta, Georgia, I sat down with her a week after her diagnosis, and she began to do what the doctors had told her to do, and that was get her affairs in order. And she looked at me and she said, Carrie, I hope I have been a good mother. I hope you have been proud of me. And I said, well, Mom, why would you say that? I've had an incredible childhood. I've had an incredible relationship with you. And she said, because we don't believe the same way. I know you're a Christian, and I'm still an atheist after all these years. And I know that it's disappointing. And I know that it must affect the way that you see me. And I said, Mom, I'm sorry that I've given you that impression because no, let me tell you how God sees you. I said, there's a story in the New Testament about a good Samaritan. When all the believers and the godly people had left the downtrodden and a man that was beaten up in a gutter and would not help him, a good Samaritan came along, someone who was not one of the faithful, and they took care of that man in the gutter. God loves you. God loves your heart, and God loves how you served his people. And I said, it's such a beautiful story. I just wish I had a Bible that I could share with you so I could read it to you. And she said, well, honey, I don't know how I have this, but if you'll go into my bedroom <laughs> and get up on a chair and reach into the back on the bookcase, I think you'll find a Bible there. I'm not really sure where it came from or what it's doing there, but I think there's one there nonetheless. And so that evening, five years ago, I got up on a chair and I reached into the back on the top of the bookcase and out I pulled that little red Gideon's Bible. Well, of course, I had to at that point confess to my mother that I'd stolen it. And I tried to explain to her what my husband said and that it's not really stealing, but she was having nothing of that. And she said, I really want to keep that Bible, Carrie, so you're going to have to call the Gideons and you're going to have to ask them for us to keep it. And that started my relationship formally with the Gideons International. A very sweet, kind, faithful brother named Reed Calloway dedicated this Bible to my mother. And in less than a year later, beating all of the odds that the doctors gave her, my mother gave her heart to the Lord. And as I said before, amen. As I said before, there just ain't nothing like a born-again atheist. So she began to share the love of God with everyone she knew. My mother went to be with the Lord two years ago. During her last days, as she was, her health was ailing and she was in the hospital, people came from all over the United States that were lifelong friends to visit her. One of those people was a little Jewish psychiatrist from Virginia. And she stayed with us that week and she took me aside at one point and she said, Carrie, I've known your mother almost her entire life, and I've known you. Now, I've always noticed that there's something really different about you. But in all the years I've known your mother, there's something really different about her now, too. And I can't figure it out. What is going on? Tell me about your faith. 
And so I looked at her and I said, Shelly, it all started when I was 14 years old and I stole a little red Gideon's Bible. And she went, oh! and I said, well, Shelly, you know, it's not really stealing. I've learned that by now. And Shelly said, that's not why I gasped. She said, you see, I'm a psychiatrist in a hospital. And two weeks ago, I almost stole a little white Gideon's Bible. And I said, well, they really do want you to have those, Shelly. My mother passed away two years ago on New Year's Day. And within 30 days, I received this email from the little Jewish psychiatrist, Shelly. She had walked out in the back of her yard she had closed her eyes, and in this, she details how she accepted Jesus and asked him to be Lord and Savior of her life. I want to thank you. I want to thank all of you for your service. I want to thank you for your, your role in fulfilling the Great Commission. I cannot tell you how the devotion of Gideon's in the past, and how your devotion has changed my life. Yes, God is always faithful, but he is faithful through his people. You have an incredible ministry. You and the Gideon's International will be forever woven in my faith story and in the story of my family. I will bring you up to, to date on my brother because some people who know me have asked, my brother will not step foot in a church. After I became, uh, came to know the Gideons, several faithful brothers called him and tried to share their faith with him. And he would call me and say, it's a waste of time. Two months ago, I heard from my brother, and he said that he had gone to church for the first time. Your faithfulness has meant everything to my family. Where most families have old Bibles that they'll keep forever as their family Bibles, my Red Gideons will be our family Bible. We will pass this down and we will always tell every member of our family about your faithfulness and your service. Thank you for being here and thank you for your service. Okay. Wonderful. I've got to thank Dave for the support, the love that you and his wife and the church and Ailey, Alex, I can go on forever, couldn't I? That you were given us. Yeah. So thank you for having us here today. I just want to leave you with three, four small prayer points. Please pray for wisdom for Gideons in UK. It's been described really, we're in the wilderness, we've got to find our new way. Pray for that. Pray for Gideons worldwide. Alan told you about closed doors in the schools in Newport, all over the country. Pray that those closed schools, closed doors will open. Amen. And Juicy said about new members, ladies, please pray for new members for us. We're all getting older. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> What a wonderful morning we've had this morning. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. In a moment, in a moment, we're going to receive an offering for the team here. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to invite people here in this service this morning 
to actually put their faith and their trust in Jesus. You know, we, we've listened to the testimonies and Glyn came in in the week and he said, we've gone over a little bit of time this morning, a bit longer. Glyn actually said to me, he said, how long have we got this morning, Dave? I said, Glyn, you've got as long as you want. Hasn't it been an amazing morning just to listen to them and just to see their hearts to serve Jesus in our city and in this nation? But right now, I'm going to give you a moment this morning just to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You know, we've, we've heard about the story of an atheist this morning. We've heard the story of a drug baron. We've heard the story of a businessman that put all of his energies and all of his life into acquiring wealth and having all of the fineries of life. And yet, you know, all of those journeys without Jesus is completely meaningless. I think that little song that Alan sung this morning is absolutely fantastic. From the top of your head to the tips of your toes, from your knees to your nose, God knows all about you. He knows all about you. And you know what? He loves every single element of our life, every little detail. Jesus' love reaches out. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now, very simple prayer, and you can pray this prayer with me quietly inside. In fact, let's say it all together out loud so that we're all part of this. And if you are doing this for the first time, say it and mean it in your heart. Make this the day that you call on the name of the Lord and salvation will be yours. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to say this together as God's people very simply. Say this. Let's repeat it. Jesus, I come to you today. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. To make me clean. To make me your child. I put my faith in what you've done when you died on the cross, when you rose from the dead. I believe you did it all for me. And now, out loud, I publicly confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Amen. Now, if you did that, come on, let's give Jesus thanks. You may have done that for the first time today. Welcome to God's family. If you did that, there's a table at the back where you can see the team and you can receive a Bible, a Gideon's Bible like those people did. If you want to talk to somebody, you can talk to myself and Faye and others in this, in this house. And listen, we just say this to people. Just keep coming back. Keep coming back to God's house, fellowshipping with God's people and celebrating the wonderful, wonderful work that he's doing in your life. Right now.